everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Just give a shout out especially to our mothers on this Mother's Day for joining us. Hi, Mom. Love you. Uh, also, my grandmothers. Love you. Uh, hopefully, your mothers will feel special and treasured today. Uh, here at the church, we value our mothers. We love our mothers. And we're so glad that we have you around. My uh, message this morning, kind of the main anchoring verse uh, that's going to tie many things together, comes from Matthew 7, uh, verses 24 through 27. It's a pretty famous Bible verse. Many of you probably know. Uh, so it's going to appear on the screen here as we read it. So starting at verse 24, Matthew 7. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. My message this morning is entitled Killing Codependency. And what I mean by that is getting rid of our unhealthy identity attachments. See, we often have this unhealthy reliance on things or even people or achievements and so much so that we will derive our identities and our purpose and our, our security and our significance from these attachments. And you know, the core of this issue of codependency is essentially trying to control our internal environment, how we think, how we feel, by controlling our external environment. It's not dealing with the woundings of our hearts, our deep fears, or our trust, trust issues. Uh, basically, it's maintaining a false security blanket. Or as the verse uh, was saying, and kind of the premise of the message, it's building our life on sand instead of on a solid foundation. And of course, the premise of the Bible uh, verse is essentially building our life on God. He is our source of security and significance. Those are, actually, those are actually my two main points of this message, security and significance. These are two areas that we often um, try to fill this void within us, and unfortunately, we sometimes go about it in the wrong way, uh, and we get sand into our found foundation. We rely on things that can so easily shift and change, and then, we, and then during times of shaking, like right now, in this current situation, we find ourselves very discombobulated, or, or, our mess. We lose our hope and our joy and our peace and our love because those were reliant on things that they never should have been. A couple of weeks ago, I was just sitting in my office, uh, just working on the computer, and all of a sudden, I just felt God speak to me and say, I am killing codependency right now. And I knew it was God because I'm like... Uh, Codependency really isn't in my vocabulary. I don't think of it often. I you know, don't really speak of it. And I didn't really understand that statement when it initially came. And I had to kind of do some research and look up uh, what, what that meant. And um, in, in the context of today, what I think it means is that right now, we're in this strange context where much of our lives have just been wiped away. Uh, many have lost their jobs or hobbies or activities. Um, or even relationships and, and social outings and social roles. You know, our, our kids have just lost so much of their social world uh, with school kind of being turned right upside down right now. Uh, so much of our life is in a state of flux. And this mess that we're in makes us kind of evaluate, um, you know, what really matters in, in, in this life. We're examining 
these desires of our hearts and uh, you know are our schedules and you know how we've built our life now that things have just changed and been upended and I think this shaking this this time of um, uncertainty has led to a lot of our insecurities also kind of being revealed you know the sands have shifted and our foundations have become exposed and this is actually a pretty common thing um, for God you know to expose faulty foundations I don't think this COVID thing was, uh, it's, not, it's not like God caused it for whatever reason. It's actually, uh, we, he, doesn't, he doesn't need our help causing messes. We, we cause messes left, right, and center. But the thing is, he sees them coming, and he um, has a plan in place for them, and, and uh, he was ready. He's, so he, he's on the move. And ultimately, it's always his desire for us to draw closer to him, to grow in relational intimacy with him to build our lives upon him and what he says versus what the world says or does. This is a continual process. Uh, continually, these, you know, these lies are going to come into our heart and lead us down these wrong paths. We're going to try to get our security and significance from the wrong things. And God has to continually go into our hearts, do some surgery, and begin to shift some things in our life. Show us where we've built our lives on the wrong foundation, where we're trusting on things and relying on things we, we shouldn't be. And again, our, our hope and our peace and our, and our joy, our, our identity, our purpose, they often can be tied to things that they shouldn't be. Things that can you know, turn on a dime and shift and disappear from our life and kind of leave us, leave us scrambling. So first we're going to look at our sense of security. Where do we get our security from? Um, our feeling of being of being safe, of belonging, and we're going to look at various uh, biblical examples of that. So uh, first, I want to look at uh, when Jesus calling his disciples. So Matthew four eighteen through twenty two. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. So secondly, we're going to look at a uh, section of scripture where someone is also being called to follow Jesus, but they are given excuses not to. So Luke 9, verses 57 through 60. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, Come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your, life, your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. So when Jesus is calling his disciples, he's immediately testing their hearts and what their life is kind of you know, built upon. And he's basically asking them to forsake almost everything they know instantly, uh, to forsake their livelihood, to leave their families and essentially come follow this stranger and be kind of homeless and jobless. It's a huge ask crazy situation and it's not easy it's not easy to give up your earthly earthly security uh, but that's what Jesus was going at just instantly was kind of pulling at 
at people's hearts and showing them what their lives were, were, were built upon. And so, you know, I can understand how someone said no, but at the same time, it's sad of what they missed out on because they did say no. See, that, that second selection of scriptures, Jesus is, you know, he's asking the guy to come follow him. And the response is, let me bury my father first. So what he's really likely saying by that is, I want uh, to wait for my dad to die, and I'm going to receive my inheritance. And once I receive my inheritance, and you know I'm economically stable, then I will come follow you. I will do what you have asked me to do. Or you know, somewhere in there, maybe he also didn't want to leave his dad for some reason. Uh, you know, just couldn't live without him, or uh, he couldn't make a decision without getting approval from his dad, kind of kind of thing. And you notice there's kind of a juxtaposition there of James and John left their, left their family, left their dad. This guy didn't want to for whatever reason. And what Jesus is doing when, in his response to him is essentially is pointing out what's wrong in this guy's heart. You know, he's making it sound, the guy is making it sound like, you know, he's a, you know he cares for his family, etc., etc. But Jesus is saying, like, you don't even care about the spiritual well-being of your family. Like, spiritual well-being, that should be your number one concern and basically the guy was putting you know economic security and um, familiarity over following Jesus if God was to ask you to change your career or to you know be unemployed for a while or to move away from home and forsake familiarity and venture into the unknown I think for many of us that'd be a really hard ask that's you know easier said than done yeah. I think a part of us would want to be like, yes, Jesus, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But the thing is, we, we do hold on so tightly to so many different things. And the thing is, in, in truth, that ought not to be. Um, but to be very careful when we are putting even, even good things like family or our job in a situation where they are more important to us than God's will for our life. And that's kind of what happened in this situation here. There was some people that answered God's call and went on this incredible adventure with him and saw, you know, just amazing things. And there's others that completely missed the boat because they refused to change any aspect of their situation. Um, they, didn't, they didn't want to risk. They didn't want to step out of the boat, so to speak. And the thing is, I think we continually build our lives upon the wrong thing and our internal environment you know, our thoughts and feelings can be uh, unhealthily connected to certain things of this world. For example, if we get our, our love and our sense of belonging and our joy and our peace from our job and our economic situation, but then all of a sudden some, something changes, you know, are we just a complete mess or, you know, uh, when that, that stuff happens? Or sometimes there's a, there's a, a call of God in our life to, to go someplace or to, you know, do a ministry of some kind somewhere. But, you know, people refuse to leave because it's outside of their comfort zone. It's away from their family or their friends or the amenities that they're, they're used to, to having. You know, that's a, it's a sad road and a dangerous road to go down when we do that kind of stuff. When we get our, our security and our comfort, you know, our love, our peace, our joy from the wrong things. Or when we put these certain things above God. And, yeah, there's nothing wrong with, you know, uh, having a nice job or, you know, uh, being around your family or enjoying certain amenities. But it is bad, yeah, when we put those things above God. 
um, on you know on the on the pecking order when uh, God is asking us to do things, but we won't do it unless you know these conditions work out in our favor. God's love for us is unconditional, but we have a lot of conditions often for Him. So right now we're in this situation where the sands have shifted. So much of our life has been thrown into disarray. What has been exposed in sense of you know where you found your security and your comfort and your hope and your joy from? If you find that you are lacking hope and joy and comfort and peace right now, I don't think you're getting it from the right source. And things need to be evaluated in your heart. And things need to be shifted around. You need to grow in intimacy with God and get a, and a, a better sense of security and safeness with Him. The other codependency issue that I want to look at today is significance. So the first one is security. Now we're on significance. So similarly, people can get their significance from the wrong source. They can tie their hope and their joy and their peace and comfort and strength, etc. on the wrong things. And because, you know, they're shifting sands, they're not God, they're not unchanging, they can again quickly find themselves in a mess and without hope and peace and joy and love and comfort very quickly. We can structure our lives wrong in terms of significance, just as the same as we can with security. So we're going to look at a few Bible verses uh, that kind of tie into this. We're going to first go back to James and John. So, they were, they were a couple of the disciples that were able to leave behind their family uh, and their, their job, but they weren't able to leave behind significance, and they were getting this from the wrong source. So what they were doing, actually, is asking Jesus when his kingdom comes, could we have a position of influence? We want to be large and in charge in your kingdom when it comes, Jesus. And, you know, the other disciples were like, what? How are you, how are you saying this? Like, that's not fair. Anyway, so Jesus had to, you know, debrief the disciples here and kind of give them uh, a talking to. This is, this is what he said in Mark 10, 41 through 45. So when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. And then this other selection of scripture we're going to look at is the story of the rich young ruler. So someone that had achieved success in the eyes of the world, who was wealthy and who had a lot of influence and did it all when they were still young. So Jesus meets him here in Mark 9, verses 21 through 23. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But at these words he was very saddened, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. And Jesus, looking around, said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. So when I'm reading these stories, I do kind of find it funny of how Jesus like calls people on their bluffs and just exposes their stuff. It just sucks to be on the other end of that when he is, you know, pointing out the darkness in our own hearts, and we all have it. So James and John and this rich young ruler, they were getting their sense of significance from the wrong source. Uh, and Jesus completely flipped their ideas of significance around. 
And, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having a good job or, and, and owning things or having this position of influence. But there is something wrong, again, when we are deriving our significance uh, from what the world deems of worth. You know, when we're getting our hope and our peace or love or joy, etc., from the wrong source, our accomplishments, not God himself. People will try to find significance in all sorts of different ways. And often it's uh, rooted in comparison, comparing ourselves to, to other people. And you know, everyone's just trying to climb the social ladder and achieve you know, significance in the eyes of this world. Again, the problem is, though, that they're building their lives upon things that can shift and change. And when their hope and their love and their joy and their identity is tied into that, you know, all of that can come crashing down very, very quickly. Uh, this was a pretty common thing I used to see when I would do ministry at the universities. Um, we would encounter these athletes who had this, you know, terrible injury, like, you know, they tore their ACL ligament, you know, and so they were out of their sport for like a full year, and they would just be beside themselves and just, and, you know, this grief and just feel like they're walking through life um, in unknown territory because they've lost their sense of, you know, significance because they couldn't, you know, perform in the sport that they had tied so much of their life into. And we would get to minister to them and say, hey, you know, you've been arranging your life wrong. You've been relying on the wrong things for your identity and your love and your peace and your hope and your joy. And, uh, you know, we would see all sorts of different people come to Jesus, um, you know, when their world came crashing down. This search for significance can manifest itself in so many different ways. Um, I think, yeah, we live in this life of trying to keeping up with the Joneses and, you know, comparing our lives to other people and trying to do what, do what they do. And it really just makes for this um, ever-increasing game of one-upping one another and this, like, essentially arms race of... Uh, you know, activities or achievements. And you know, the thing is, we just continually find our life empty and empty and empty because we're building our life on the wrong thing. Maybe maybe you're a parent and you continually find yourself comparing, you know, your family to another family and you see their kids are in more activities. So you, you think, oh my goodness, you know, I'm not a good parent. My kids need to be enrolled and stuff. Or maybe you're single and you see other people who are married and have kids and you think, you know, oh no, like I'm, I'm behind or I'm not as significant as, as, as they are. There's all sorts of lies that we continually believe out there that we're not significant and significant, and that be, that comes from us building our lives on the wrong thing, and getting our you know our hope and our peace and our love and our joy from the wrong source. So no matter what game you play out there, no matter what road you're going down to you know to feel some sense of significance, no matter how you're tearing down other people to lift yourself up, you know, behind all of these curtains, it's just insecurity. You know, people are continually trying to play these roles to fulfill this soul craving of significance. It's a game we all play and, and we're tempted to play it continually. The whole world is built, you know, achieving this, this, this dream and achieving success. And success in the eyes of the world is very different from the eyes of God. Right now we're at a really strange time where, you know, our, our whole social world has just largely just been torn down or diminished in, in one way or another. And we find ourselves with this inability to play the roles we've normally been playing, to build our life around the things we've normally built our life around. You know, we're not achieving the significance that we normally are used to, you know, just because the world is in such a mess right now. And to me, again, I don't, I, God saw this coming. Uh, he, he knows what's going on. And I think what better time to evaluate 
our hearts and our lives of what have we tied into we shouldn't have been tied into what are roles we've been playing we were never meant to play um, what is our life built around what is the foundations of our life in terms of significance where are we getting our sense of significance in conclusion i believe god saw this mess coming you know he didn't need to he doesn't need to cause messes because you know we're really good at causing messes um it's his DNA to be a rescuer and to be someone who restores and takes us to a greater place. And I feel like that is God's plan during this time. Our sands have shifted. Our foundations have been exposed. Uh, there has been a shaking. And, you know, I think God is trying to remove these things in our hearts that have hindered our relationship with him, that have um, got in the way of us living the life that God wants us to live, you know, to going... It's limited us from going on the adventure that God really has for our life, to, to taking leaps of faith, uh, doing these amazing acts of service and, and humility. Our, you know, our sandy foundations have been exposed. You know, don't look now, your sand is showing. I believe this stage is set for us to pursue a greater intimacy with God. You know, to get our sense of security and our sense of significance from Him and Him alone. That he would be our first and our foremost. He would be our source of our love and our peace and our hope and our joy. If you find that you are lacking in love and hope and peace and joy and comfort, you need to be going to the source, the well that never runs dry. That's who we should be getting all of that stuff from. And if we find ourselves lacking, that means we're not going to the right source. We need to learn to change our ways and stop chasing what the world says is secure and significant. But instead, we need to chase after the things of God. My favorite Bible verse of late has been Acts 17, 26 through 27. It says this, From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from any one of us. The line that keeps coming back to me continually from that selection of scripture is, so that they would seek him. So that they would seek him. This continually just goes through my head. You know, God determines our wheres and our, our whens, why we were born at this, at this time, why we, you know, why we live here, why we're experiencing this his master plan and his plan for everyone is that so that we would seek him, that we would search after him and find him, even though he's not far from us, that we would grow in relationship with him. That's always been God's goal. Whatever situation we find ourselves in, that is God's goal. When times are good, so that, they, so that we would seek him. When times are bad, so that we would seek him. That's his goal. That's his plan for our life. If you're wondering what the plan of, for your life is, it's, it's so that you would seek him. Search after God. Find Him. Grow in relationship and intimacy with Him. God is a source of our significance and our security. And we need to chase after Him as He's chasing after us. Our identity with God is far better than any identity the world can ever give you. See, with God, we are a son or we are a daughter of the King of the universe. We are royalty. We are part of the royal family of the universe. We are rich beyond our wildest dreams. He owns you know, everything in the world, really. He, his resources are infinite. 
and with him we are we never have to worry about lacking because with him we'll always have everything we need with him we are also loved and we are known in ways that we could never be loved or known by anything or anyone on this earth with him we're, we're never forsaken we're never condemned and with him we always have a place to belong with god we're a part of an eternal family a family that's going to exist for forever we always have a place to belong a place to be loved and accepted in terms of significance we don't have to prove anything to anybody because jesus has already done that for us we don't have to climb the social ladder to achieve a sense of worth because god has already deemed us worthy Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He gave his life in exchange for ours. He washed away our sin and our filth and has you know, declared us right with God. We have an in infinite and astronomical value according to God. So we can never be deemed lesser than uh, in comparison you know, to any other human being that, that's out there. Each and every one of us has been deemed infinitely valuable uh, to God, worth dying for. In fact, each and every one of us is significant in the eyes of God, and there is nothing that can ever change that. During this crazy time, may you be found secure in the arms of God. May your identity and your purpose be in God. May your sense of security and your sense of significance be found in God. If it's not, if you're finding yourself lacking love, joy, and peace, and comfort, and joy during this time, draw closer to God. This is a great time to do so. Right in the middle of this chaos, let us draw closer to God. Because when we are found firm in, in God, when all the, the world is shaking and the sands are shifting, but we still have our love and our peace and our hope and our joy, we can be a light to the world. And I think during this time, it's an amazing time for us to be a light to the world and say, hey, with this whole world that's gone, gone crazy and turned upside down, Evaluate your life and, you know, if you want to find true hope and true joy and true peace, you need to rebuild your life and so that it is built on a foundation of God and, and what God wants you to do and who God says you are. And that that foundation is far greater than anything the world could ever provide for you. Let's end in some prayer. Dear Lord, thank you that you are with us in the midst of this storm. And that this isn't something that has caught you off guard or has caught you flat-footed. But no, God, you had seen this coming a long time ago and you have a plan. And that plan has always been the same so that they would seek you. God, you want people to draw closer to you and to grow in intimacy with you. And so, God, we pray during this time that we as your people here at this, this church are going to grow closer to you so that we can may be used by you to reach out to our our community and reach out to our neighbors and be a light and to be a source of steadiness uh, during this unstable time. God, I pray that you're going to inspire your people that they can achieve an amazing thing if they would just go on this adventure with you, if they would just give you their all, if they would put you first in their life. They are capable of, of doing things beyond their wildest dreams. And God, we just want to pray a special blessing on our mothers this morning, on this Mother's Day. God, may they feel blessed and cherished and beloved by you. In your name we pray. Amen.